Hello, welcome back. I'm Masood Raja, and in this lecture, I will build up on my previous lecture on Eagleton's Chapter 3. I'd mentioned there that I might do a supplementary lecture to add a little bit more detail towards the second part of the Eagleton chapter on structuralism and semiotics. And it starts on page 92, where he goes on to explain as to what were the gains of structuralism as literary movement and what were the responses to it and its major flaws. I briefly touched upon them in the previous lecture, but I thought I should build on that and see how Eagleton argues his point. So on page 92, he starts with, uh, and I quote, loosely subjective talk was chastised. So this is what he's talking about, um, structuralism. And uh, literature was seen as a construct, right? And that it harbored a vital essence, a soul, which it was discourteous to tamper with, was rudely unmasked as a bit of disguised theology. This whole idea that literature had an inherently untouchable essence, right, which is deeply connected to humanism, was kind of destroyed. And then what comes in structuralism is um, that there is nothing natural about it, right? And there is a strong critique of common sense, right? So structuralism, by insisting that there are deep structures that determine the meanings of a text or a value of a text, already enabled us to dispel dispel any pre-established commonsensical ideas about the integrity of literature and all. And Eagleton goes on to explain it further. Um, So, one of the points that he gives is is the, the structuralist emphasis on the constructedness of human meaning represented a major advance. Meaning was neither a private experience nor a divinely ordained occurrence. It was the product of certain shared systems of signification. Now, this is on page 93. How do we reach this conclusion? So, if you go back to what I discussed about Saussure, right, and his splitting of language into long and parole, right? And long is the system which he studies, right? So if we believe that it's the system that lends meaning to an individual utterance, right? Then if we extend it to literariness on literature, we already know that the value of literature is not in the words on the page or their originality but the deeper structure against which we understand it. It's that structure that determines meaning for us, right? So I don't bring my individual sensibilities or meaning to a text. I can only do that if I'm privy to the structure. And for that, I have to understand the structure. Otherwise, I will not be able to read the text. So my own ability to interact with the text is then in so many ways over-determined by the structure within which the text is posited. So the second quote on page 94 is where Eagleton is saying, structuralism scandalized the literary establishment with its neglect 
of the individual right its clinical approach to the mysteries of literature and its clear and incompatible ability with common sense so what are some common sense sensical ideas about literature right if you think in humanistic terms is we thinking that we make all the meanings that we can things as they appear can mean something to us right or we can perceive them right but we already know that so many things that are common sensical the sun rises right the sun sets we know scientifically that our perception is wrong the sun doesn't rise the earth revolves around it or revolves around its own axis right so structuralism then basically is telling us that literature is not what you me and others read into it right so any kind of humanism the belief that what is most real is what is experienced and that the home of this rich subtle complex experience is literature itself right but structuralism does is it says is your experiencing of literature is not what is meaningful what is meaningful is understanding the deep structure of a text because only then you will know the meanings it's just like as uh, eagleton is quoting freud there freud saying that even our most innermost experiences can be rendered differently depending on if we understand the structure of the psyche better why do i do a certain thing is it at the instance so for example if i get angry that's an act of parole do you read it like that or if i constantly remain angry is that part of my essence or is there something in my unconscious which is a deep structure that is forcing me or making me act a certain way so we always then in structuralism are looking beyond the sign itself right so what he says is structuralism broke with conventional literary criticism in many ways but it also remains preoccupied with language right? as radical as it might and at the same time it has language itself remains the main obsession huh? of literary critics who are performing structuralism what are they doing looking at the deep structures of language and eagleton being a marxist is saying you know what about labor sexuality political power don't they have a bearing on the deep structure which we are trying to read in a literary text so despite the revolutionary potential of structuralism of unmooring the privileging of the world's on a page and forcing us to go and look at the deeper structures within which those words mean something by constantly remaining focused on language itself and on the text itself structuralism fails to notice certain other things like what is it outside of a text what is it not necessarily outside of a language but our place in the world our class our gender our sexuality right the class structure within the text is produced or consumed all of them have a bearing on reading a text but structuralism doesn't really go there
right then what he goes is okay if we go simply by structure what about the concept of literature as a social pra- practice as a form of production you know as a form of production which in not in a reflectionist way but which carries with it the social structure within which it was produced right uh but structuralists would not go there because that for them meant that they would then go to an originary moment they could say this is where the text originated now remember if we are tracing the deep structure all we have is signs upon signs within a given system right and we have already sort of obliterated the idea of an autonomous human subject who can make statements because statements so the debate is you know do we emerge in language and speak it right or do we exist because we have language which speaks through us so if you have become as a human being as a sign who can only be differentiated from others through difference and and if then you can mean only in difference to other signs there is no possibility of an originary moment when a certain thing starts and hence instead of going out and locating the text within the social where it is produced the structuralist constantly are looking at the text and its structures on i think that's the point that eagleton is trying to make over here so that takes us to the what eagleton describes as the anti-humanism of structuralism so i'm going to read this from page 98 first for the humanist tradition meaning is something that i create or that we create together but if we are structuralists how could we create meaning unless the rule which govern it were already there right that's a question from structuralists however far back we push however much we hunt for the origin of meaning we will always find a structure already in place this structure could not be could not simply have been the result of speech for we were were we able to speak coherently in the first place without it we could never discover the first sign from which it all began because as sochure makes clear one sign presupposes another from which it differs and that another to be able to transmit a message at all a person must already be caught up in and constituted by language right so this idea of a centered human being which privileged my individual language my individual speech and hence centered me as a human subject comes to crisis because even if i speak my utterance where does it come from what lends it meaning not me of course right a shared code right and that shared code is the structure of language within which i speak so then in a way there is no possibility of my own individual utterance because i utter it and it makes meaning it becomes meaningful because of this inhuman system that exists outside of me and that is what he means by the anti-humanism of the structuralist movement right there are quite a few responses you know um to structuralism 
the most important being Mikhail Bakhtin, right? Because uh, he was responding to it as this theory of language was being developed, right? And his idea is um, that language is inherently dialogic, right? It always presupposes an other, right? So therefore, when I make an utterance, that utterance might be posited within a given structure, but that utterance has to be dialogic. It can only mean something through the gaze of another, through the acceptance of another, and hence beyond the structure. The utterance must have a recipient, and since it does need that, right, since an act of speech is dialogic, right, then there is something more than the structure at play in how we construe meaning, right? And this you will see also uh, in the first major critiques of structuralism that he cites, right? And and that is uh, the critique of structuralism uh, coming from another French theorist, right? Whose idea is that... Um, that whatever we say, right, it is always posited in a discourse. And the discourse is nothing but an individual utterance within a system of language. And when we go to that, then we start reading the text as a discursive practice as produced in a given discourse which you, me, and others read still structurally, but we can bring our own modes of reading to it, our own discursively produced ways of understanding text. And so increasingly, these critics are trying to create space for the individual reader. But here's the problem. The structuralist at their best, when they address the reader, they imagine this super reader, okay? First of all, the reader who would know the conventions of a language, because only then you could re read the individual signs and really understand them. That makes structuralist readings of the text, and Eagleton does give us some example. That makes it extremely specialized, right? He gives you an example of uh, a text read by Roman Jacobson and another who go and make these subtle structuralist readings of a text and make connections, when Eagleton is saying, most scholars would have missed that. So what the structuralists are then imagining is the super reader, right? And what kind of a reader is it? I mean, this is a reader, an ideal reader, according to Eagleton, would need to be fully equipped with all the technical knowledge essential for deciphering the work, to be faultless in applying this knowledge and free of any hampering restrictions. That is the kind of reader the structuralists are imagining. And furthermore, if this model was pressed to extreme, he or she would have to be stateless, classless, ungendered, free of ethnic characteristics, and without limiting cultural assumptions, right? And hence, this reader
you know, completely independent. Right. So let me explain. I, I hope I have not confused you enough. In From page 1992 to the end of the text, what Eagleton lays out for us is, here is what structuralism gained, right? What for its gains? It demystified that whole idea of romantic readings of a text, right? It also emphasized that in order to understand a text, we need to understand the deeper structure within which it is posited and not necessarily bring in our own ideas or our own prejudices to the text. It also enables us to decenter the human subject, right? By suggesting that so much of what we understand and know is determined by the larger structure within which we exist. But in the process of doing that, their extreme focus on language and linguistic structures then makes structuralist readings of the text extremely depoliticized, right? And the kind of reader that they imagine, the super reader has to be apolitical, doesn't care about his or her gender, his or her social role, or the social role of act of production itself or material causes, all you do is read the deep structures within a text, right? And not many people have the, you know, know-how to do that. So literary criticism in this sense becomes even more technical. But more than that, while we are reading the structure of a fairy tale and everything else, all we are focusing on is the deeper structure, studying of the structure and how the story fits. There is no effort here, even though the possibility was there to read larger social structures and their implications. Structuralism never goes there, right? And it becomes even more apolitical and esoteric. Now, he also mentions in these pages the work by John Searle and J.L. Austin, who are considered the major theorists of the speech act theory, right? And the idea that most of the time language is also performative, right? And depending on who is speaking and saying what, we use language to express what we intend to do. I will eat this dinner, right? And that that in itself is a response to over-determining aspects of the lung itself, of the structure itself. So by the end of this chapter, Eagleton has given us then what are the gains of structuralism, how specialized it becomes, and the responses that are developing against it. More prominently, people who have started emphasizing the role of sociality of literature itself, the role of social structures, right? And the role of the location of the text within a given politics. But also constantly the reader is entering the text, but the reader is not entering the text as this idealized individual reader, but reader as produced by the sociopolitical. But peace and love and thank you so much. Structures by class, by gender and sexuality as he or she exists. So that's kind of the entry into post-structuralism. So I hope this uh, chapter 
part of the chapter explains a bit from page 92 to the end of the chapter uh, i'm pretty sure i haven't done a good job of it but if you have any questions anything that you would like to me to respond to feel free to post a comment or send your questions my way and i'll be very happy to answer those until then thank you so much and stay safe 